It's another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin. And Colin, I lied to our listeners last week, didn't I? Yeah, it's okay. Uh, we So you told them we were going to get on the couch and we were going to do draft narrative therapy. But we had some conversations and, I mean... Honestly, the draft narratives have kind of come and gone. We were in the like in between phase where people are like, "Oh, is Jackson Smith and Jigba overrated?" And then we've all come back around, and Jackson has the highest odds to be drafted first wide receiver. And then same with Anthony Richardson. It's like, "Oh, why are people taking Will Levis over Anthony Richardson?" And now we've come full circle, and virtually nobody with a real you know, credible platform has Anthony Richardson lower than Will Levis. So we we didn't really have any grievances to air out. I got to tell you, the thing, the, the cycle moves so fast now that you're right. The narratives have emerged and resolved all before we can even get to April. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's where we are in the draft. And I mean... It, that's a product of how much draft content there is nowadays, I think. But all that being said, yes, draft narrative therapy, maybe next year, maybe not. I don't know. But what we are here to do this week is look at a few mock drafts that have recently dropped. And specifically what I mean by that is we are going to be taking a look at three kind of five mock drafts that have all dropped within the last week in in I think all cases maybe there's one uh that was two weeks ago but regardless these are all very recent and I talked about that at the end of the episode that we got a Kuiper mock we got a DJ mock last week and all that so we thought let's take a look at where our campers are falling in these mock drafts and talk about these landing spots what we like, what we don't like, and kickstart the path to the draft because that's where we are, baby. It's mock draft season. We're going to be talking a lot of NFL draft stuff from this episode all the way through to draft week where, spoiler alert, we're going to be doing our own NFL mock draft. So it's kind of a a little bit of a break-ish in the action to transition to NFL draft content because, man, I love the NFL draft and that's what this thing has been all about from the beginning. It's all, you know, we're getting to our dynasty drafts in the summer, but the biggest thing in between when we started and that point is the NFL draft. So absolutely. Yeah. Who's your, who's your favorite, uh, I guess, draft content creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause we have here, we have uh, Daniel Jeremiah, we have Mel Kuyper, we have Danny Kelly, we have Trevor Sikama and we have, Ruder that I Chad Ruder. Thank you. So who's who's your your favorite out of the, out of this bunch? I guess I should say. Well, so yeah, that the the real answer to this is he's not included in this because he usually only releases a mock or sometimes two. But uh, Dane Brugler is my favorite draft personality for the, from the Athletic. I mean, he's he's one of the most well sourced guys. So usually when he comes out with a mock, a lot of people pay attention to that. Like, Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay. Um, so I really like his stuff out of this crew though. I mean, you can't go wrong with Daniel Jeremiah. 
it's kind of a similar thing. You know, he's very well sourced guy. When his when his mock drops and Dalton Kincaid is in the top fifteen, people pay attention and they yeah. say, Hey, I think Dalton Kincaid might be getting drafted higher than we think he is. Yeah, seriously. It's like every time you see the Jeremiah mock and it's a, it's like once a week it gets updated, it feels like, and it's like, Oh, our oh, Tyree Wilson. You know, it didn't mm-hmm. get in top five buzz. Is that really happening? It's like, well, if Daniel Jeremiah ahead of so. Will Anderson, by yeah. the way, that's yeah. the that was the real shocker. Was yeah. like, oh my god, okay, I don't know DJ, but yeah, like I this guess probably you know has a, a chance more to than happen. I do. Exactly, like he knows something. Who is who is yours? Well, I know who I, your least favorite is. Yeah, I my favorite. I'll stay positive here. My uh, is probably Danny Kelly from The Ringer. I mean, I, up the and con- comer, man. Yeah, the content is is more geared towards like entertainment value. I feel like than information. If I need like yeah. hard sourced information, I'll go to like Daniel Jeremiah. But when I'm like just consuming content, I feel like the Ringer Draft Show is really good. Him and like Ben Solak are great on there, and then the the Draft Guide is incredible. It looks beautiful. Yeah, the the ringers stuff has been really really top notch lately. I I included uh, Kelly alongside of DJ and Mel Kiper. That's how highly I think of him. So yeah, all of that window dressing aside, let's jump right into it, Colin. Let's because do it. we are gonna start. Uh, we're gonna go through the order of picks from our community mock draft, and so what this is going to look like is these are players that are getting first round NFL buzz. Like all of our mocks here for the most part, have these players getting drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, except the running backs, but we can't not talk about them. So that's why I had to pull in some three rounders. That's where we get Chad Reuter and Trevor Sycamore. So um, we're going to start with B. John Robinson, obviously here. And so this is one of the more, I mean, we've talked about this. Where the hell does Bijan go? I don't think anybody really knows right now. It's a lot of like, yeah, this spot seems right. Or, you know, he can't fall lower than this, right? Well, let's look at the three spots we got here. Daniel Jeremiah has him going 14 to the Patriots. Kuiper, 27 to the Bills. And Kelly, 20 to the Seahawks. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, man, I, I don't love any, of, I love the bills. Obviously the bills spot is prime time. We've been waiting for the bills to spend high capital on a running back or trade for a premium running back or sign a premium running back. And it just it hasn't seemed to happen, but now Devin Singletary has moved on to the Texans. So it's, they seemingly need to address running back. Now, I think Bijan will go higher than 27. Uh, so I I just don't expect the Bills to be able to get him unless they move up. Uh, that 14 to 20 range between the Patriots and the Seahawks feels right. I mean, I honestly, he could go higher than that. It's it's such a, a like blindfolded dart throw with Bijan right now. Yeah, I this it's exactly what I thought. I mean, he's not I'd be willing to bet a lot of money he's not falling to 27. Yeah. And I know it's a big game of, like, where do you put him then? Because this happens, you run through these exercises, and you think to yourself, okay, well, 
you know, they probably wouldn't take a running back or, you know, they need this a little bit more. On draft night, man, this is a top five player in the class. Exactly. You're not going to see teams like and and I that's why I love about this is that you see two teams here with the Patriots and the Seahawks, especially that have guys like successful guys. Ramondre yeah. Stevenson is in, is one case of like productive, but not necessarily a major investment. And then you have Kenneth Walker, who was a high second round pick last year. And mm-hmm. a lot of people thought, you know, this is a, you know, one of the top dynasty running backs. Well, maybe he gets displaced because, you know, that, but that's, that goes to show like what sort of talent Bijan is. And I think some of these teams that we think they have really solid foundations at the running back position, maybe one of those teams is the one that says, you know what, we don't have Bijan though. <laughs> we don't have Bijan. Exactly. Yeah. And another team that I just feel it feels right is the Washington Commanders as they kind of rediscover a new identity as a team, if they stay put at, I think they're at like 16, right in that range. I feel like they could go running back as well. I mean, they, they don't have a ton of holes to fill on defense and that's kind of an awkward spot to, you know, nail down receiver. When you have a pretty solid receiver group, you're not going to quite get a quarterback. You've gone off ball linebacker, in the past i mean i just feel like that that could be a okay spot to go and just be like hey i'm gonna get the the best player on my board the draft is one month away and we're gonna find out in one month on thursday night where Bijan robinson's gonna be playing nfl football that's gonna be a good feeling i gotta ask you though i'm gonna ask you this for all of them so get ready you gotta tell me your favorite of the spots and none is an acceptable answer well, my favorite of the spots is the Bills. I mean, it, as much as I don't think Bijan would be there, uh, it still is the perfect spot. I mean, him and Josh Allen would be disgusting. Yep, I agree. Bills, I mean, this was our perfect match on the Perfect Matches episode. If you didn't catch it, go listen to it. There, that might come up a few more times, but um, yeah, Bijan to the Bills – Sounds great. I just don't think he's going to make it. They're going to no. have to make a move if they want to make this happen. Yeah, which they can do. I mean, they have guys all over the place. I I, I mean, they, they have a lot of holes to fill, but having a guy like Bijan on that offense could make it damn near unstoppable. Right. Next up, Jackson Smith and Jigba. This was going to be a hot name on a narrative therapy episode, but as you said at the beginning, those narratives have kind of worked themselves out. We have reached a point now in the post-combine world where Jackson Smith and Jigba is finally rightly being viewed as the number one wide receiver in this class. That seems to be almost unanimous at this point. Um, In this case... Daniel Jeremiah has him going 11th to Tennessee. Kuiper has him going 20th to Seattle, which has been a hot spot for him in a lot of mocks. Um, And then Kelly has him going 12th to the Texans. So out of these, what do you think? So, I mean, all these, the, the Seahawks, again, I, I hate Mel Cut. No, <laughs> no, the Seahawks is my least favorite of these three. Obviously, the Titans are starved for offensive skill position players, and the Texans are also in a tough 
transitory face. Uh, so I, I like both of those. Um, it depends who the quarterback is in Houston and Tennessee. They're doing their full, like strip it down to the studs rebuild as well. So, uh, either way, it's going to be a weird situation for Jackson, but I think I would like it more, uh, with Houston since we have a track record with D'Amico Ryans. We know that he's, that at least we know he's a good coach. We'll see if he's a good head coach. And then hopefully they can build around whoever they take at number two and then figure out what's going on there. So, Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Seattle's been such a hot one because I think a lot of times we sort of see the wide receivers slipping in this class a little bit with the depth at edge and tackle and corner. And then suddenly it's like, okay, yep, we're going to get into this 20s range and then the wide receivers are going to fly. Well, I don't like I don't hate the Seattle spot. I mean, I don't love any of these spots for dynasty purposes necessarily. Right. I mean, I think Houston out of this group is probably the most appealing because we assume, you know, they're going to have the QB of the future in the building as well, so you kind of pair, you know, if if it's Stroud, I mean, hell, there Ooh. you go. Stroud to G- JSN in the NFL. So, I mean, that would be pretty fun. Um, I mean, obviously I'm still I'm still rooting for 15, but I know that's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the Texans would, it would be a good pick for them. I think to go QB and then grab Jackson, you know, get that high floor that, you know, the technician that's going to be open. He's going to help his quarterback might already have chemistry with his quarterback, that type of thing. So I like that one. Yeah, I do too. And another one that I've seen floated, is the Bears at nine and pair him up with Justin Fields. I don't think mm-hmm. they go that direction since they just right. got DJ Moore. But, yeah, if if the Stroud goes to the Texans and they end up getting locked back together, that would be a lot of fun to see. And they, they could be best friends. You could be seeing 150 targets to Jackson. So running backs then because third in our community mock was Jameer Gibbs. So this is where we have to transition because in all three of these mocks, Bijan was the only running back taken in the first round, maybe, or maybe not. That's what we see uh, when it's all said and done. But um, in this case, I'm pulling from these two mocks. Like I said, I mean, these aren't, you know, the, the home run hitters. I mean, I like Sycamore a lot more than Chad Reuter, who I think I thought, like disappeared from the planet and then apparently he's back with nfl network or something now but (laughs) anyway no disrespect to chad uh he has jameer gibbs going 63 to Mm. kansas city which i thought was pretty low but okay um and then uh trevor sikama has him going 34th which feels more right to me uh that is arizona so, you know, draft position aside, Chiefs, maybe they take them in the first. Maybe they take them at 31. So what do you think about these spots? The Chiefs aren't going to take them at 31. They're not doing that again. What are we talking <laughs> well, about? Well, they took, they, they took a bad running back at 32. So, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I could very much see. I mean, hey, if he's there at 63, I think the Chiefs wouldn't hesitate to, to draft him there. But – I mean, 34 feels more realistic, and the the Cardinals were on my short list of uh, teams that I would like to see take a running back because, uh, I mean, that, that team also is going through a transition phase, and they don't have a whole lot going for them, and especially this year. I mean, 
you could see whoever is their running back after James Conner breaks down could become a RB1, like seriously, because they're going to lean so heavily on that run game with whoever they're going to trot out there. I don't think they even know who they're bringing out at quarterback, whether it's Colt McCoy or whoever else. So their running back is going to be leaned on heavily, and then uh, you could see somebody young come in, take over, and have a hell of a season. And I wouldn't mind seeing that be Jameer Gibbs. And it'd be nice to have somebody to, you know, check down out of the backfield to for Kyler. Another target would be great. Yeah, the Arizona spot is it's really nice. I think. I mean, Jonathan Gannon coming in. You you got to expect that this. Uh, even though he's the defensive side of the Eagles, you got to expect it's going to look kind of similar to what they were yeah. doing in Philly. So that's a, you know, if they can get that running game going and, and make it look even remotely like it did in Philadelphia, then Gibbs is a slam dunk fit there. Um, so I do like that. I mean, it's not, I don't think fantasy wise, you'd be like salivating <laughs> to see Gibbs in this like horrible situation yeah, in Arizona seriously. this season, but um yeah he, he'd grow into that I think when Kyler comes back it'd be nice I mean yeah it, it out of these two spots I could probably think of four others that I'd much rather prefer yeah um but yeah I mean man Kansas City though well <laughs> so if they trade down straight <laughs> down for 31 and they're they're looking for a running back I don't know but I feel like if you get the production you got out of Isaiah Pacheco and yeah. Jarek McKinnon and you have a 32nd overall pick rotting away at the end of your bench for $10, $10 million, there's no reason to put another guy in that same position. Uh, that's just my opinion. Now, your opinion is correct, as Thank you. usual. So, <laughs> um, All right. Next up, then, is another running back. Zach Charbonnet, and man, there's a lot of steam. There's a lot of steam behind Zach Charbonnet's name right now. Um, in this case, the two landing spots we're working with are uh, the Chargers at 54th and the Bears at 64th. So I believe that was a second, a mid-second, and a early third, I think 64 yeah. is. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I mean, the Bears spot would be kind of fun since they got rid of David Montgomery. I mean, they also brought in Deontay Foreman, and they still have Khalil Herbert there who could be just a starting running back in his own right. But, I mean, Charbonnet in that you know in that system with that, uh, you know, Justin Fields in the backfield with him, that, that'd be kind of fun. And then the Chargers – obviously have Eckler and they've been looking for Eckler's running mate forever. And now there's some contract question marks and there's some trade question marks around Eckler. And so even if Charbonnet is not the outright starter this year and Eckler is still there, you could probably see Charbonnet just walk into a role where he is the three down workhorse that can catch passes next to Justin Herbert next year. So that, that would be prime time. Man, I don't – I mean, Los Angeles, the Chargers, that suddenly becomes an interesting running back spot. Yeah, you know, Assuming Eckler is on the way out and that trade ends up happening. I mean, I you, it's very widely expected that they go wide receiver in the first, maybe, or maybe they you spend a pick on defense. I don't know. 
I it would be hard to see them go running or uh, wide receiver running back with the first two picks, but 54 kind of feels like the range for some of these players, you know, whether Gibbs falls or it is Charbonnet or, you know, a chain, one of these guys, but um, the bears, I really like actually, because yeah. obviously, you know, we know with uh, David Montgomery going to Detroit, they signed Deonta Foreman and they have Khalil Herbert expect Herbert's going to get a pretty good workload this year. But if you added a talent like this and you're running, you know, this, you know, Chicago cold weather football with Zach Charbonnet punishing people. I mean, that's, that feels like the perfect fit for him. <laughs> like he, he feels like an NFC North running back. And yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just love it on aesthetic value. See Charbonnet in the backfield blowing fucking cold air out of his mouth. Man, <laughs> I just that I like that one a lot. I just I don't know. I don't know what to think about the uh, the, the landing spots, like in terms of draft position on these guys, because like does Charbonnet fall to the early third? Do these do running I backs care? fall? I mean, I don't ca- I do care. I, I do don't. care because it's uh, when we get there in a month from now and we're watching the second round, I mean, are we going to see these guys that we, you know, we've been talking about them. We love these players yeah, as prospects. Are they going to, are they going to go earlier or are teams going to wait because of how deep it is? That's really the question. So that's going to change all the, the, you know, the potential landing spots for these guys as well. I just want Charbonnet to go to Tampa, get it over with and <laughs> just, you know, run the ball. 500 times next year with Baker. That's all I need. Give the man a break. He stayed in college another year. Don't need 500 touches. Um, all right. Well, now we're going to get back into some wide receivers. So we're back to round one draft capital. Uh, Jordan Addison is next up here. Um, you're a lot of common, you know, overlap, different wide receivers going to the same spots. In this case, Addison in DJ's mock is going 20th to Seattle. Uh, Kuiper has him going 25th to the Giants. And Kelly has him going 23rd to the Vikings, which I think we talked about on our landing spots episode as being kind of a sneaky skill position uh, spot at the end of the first. Absolutely, especially now that Adam Thielen is a Panther. It's it's mm-hmm. very interesting because they don't have a bona fide yeah. number two wide receiver now behind Justin Jefferson. I mean, they have Hawkinson there and they have like KJ Osborne, which is something, but they don't have like somebody to fill that role. So Addison would be fun there. Um, I like the giant spot a lot uh, because he's like Waller feels like he'll be their primary target there. And then they got all these like, kind of similar wide receivers and then addison kind of it's it just feels like he's a a lot more electric of a wide receiver like a little spark in that wide receiver room versus guys like darius slayton and sterling Shepard and isaiah hodgins and you know whoever else they got there It, it just feels like a lot a lot of fun like it's just somebody that can get open and can break a defender's ankles and it him and saquon and daniel jones and Darren Waller, you start to get a little interested in that in that offense. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, any of these top wide receivers I would like in New York because yeah. of how sparse the talent is there. 
Seriously. But honestly, with the moves that they've made thus far, we talked about, you know, uh, Paris Campbell. They also added some other sim, like a lot of like smaller slot type players. Um, I'm I'm blank. Jameson Crowder. They added. I mean, guys like that were they're depth guys. It almost feels to me though like they're like maybe we get our six four guy at twenty five. Yeah. And so maybe yeah. that Addison fit isn't quite what I thought it once was. I really like the Minnesota fit yeah. because I think for fantasy, that's a pretty natural, like we we'd expect some pretty good numbers out of him uh, already as a rookie in, in that spot. So I actually like Minnesota quite a bit. I mean, you can't go wrong. I don't think with any of these, again, we're going to see a lot of the same sort of teams popping up at wide receiver here, but yeah, Addison, I am, I saw a mock where he fell to the second round, and I said, I don't know if that's going to happen. So. But are, are I don't you think the pick combine tanked him that bad. But Are you going to pick a team, or are you going to say, oh, I think all three are great? Oh, I'm picking the Vikings. Sorry. Okay. I all thought right. I was, like, leading up to that, but I don't think I ever drove it home. So. No, I don't, you're like, yeah, the Vikings would be <laughs> good, but I think they're all leaving great. leaving it open-ended <laughs> enough so I could always be right. That's the yes. thing. That's no, the I can't key. let that happen. <laughs> well, speak of the devil, Quentin Johnston. So, um yeah, luckily enough, I'll just start there because we do have a Giants landing spot here. Uh, that's Danny Kelly, 25 to the Giants. DJ has him going 27th to the Bills, which is not a spot I've seen wide receiver go often. Uh, and then Kuiper has him going 23 to the Vikings. So you know what I like here. What yeah. do you like? Yeah, uh, I can tell you I don't like the Bills because him and Gabe Davis are the same player. Uh, I don't hate the, <laughs> I don't hate the Vikings and I, I like the giants for the same reasons I laid out for Addison. Uh, if I feel like they could go, uh, with Quentin Johnson, I mean, my interest in Johnson, unfortunately has been waning a little bit. Uh, but I, I feel like if he's with the giants, he's going to get a bunch of targets and, it'll uh, feel pretty good when you have been fantasy. So I, 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 I don't know if I can lock in both guys for the giants back to back, but I, I am going to do that. We make our own rules here. That's right. There are no rules. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the, the giants landing spot for Johnston kind of piques my interest again, not. And again, like I don't, every time we talk about him now, people think I hate this guy. Like, that's just what I've, I've, I I've boxed him. myself into this corner now, but it is, it's more landing spot dependent for me than some of these other players are. And I think the giants is a great spot for him because of two, two reasons. He's a different kind of wide receiver in that room. And he is unquestionably one of the most naturally gifted pass catchers that they have so yep. he can you know he'll have the opportunities to develop you know work on some of those things that have kind of left you know left a bad taste in our mouths occasionally he's gonna have opportunities there where you know i i feel much more comfortable rolling the dice on him there than in another spot where you know maybe they're the the targets will be harder to come by or you know i god i almost just said the quarterback was worse but i Personally, I don't think that that's really possible. So, worse than Daniel, Daniel Jones? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I was like, 
why am I tell, why am I thinking New York's a good quarterback situation at this point in time? It's like, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. If you only look at the contract, it's a great yeah, quarterback spot. That's, follow the money. <laughs> Brian Dayball's like working Daniel Jones's arm with a like a puppet string. Maybe that's what it is. Um. All right, well, we had an IDP go pretty damn high in our community mock draft. This is the only IDP we're going to be talking about today. It's Will Anderson. I mean, the, the linebackers are still TBD. I mean, we none of them, no linebackers were drafted in the first round in any of these mock drafts. So that leaves us with Will Anderson. And in this case, it was unanimous. He's going to the Cardinals at either three or four if Indianapolis swaps uh, four and three with Arizona. So the fit there. I mean, what do you think about that? It's perfect. I mean, they need it bad. Yeah. They need it in the worst way. They have right. nobody rushing the passer. I mean, I think Houston was the only team that had like a worse pressure rate. Uh, so I just feel like – they need, like I said before, they're stripped down to the studs, and they need bodies in the building. And with a new defense philosophy, bringing Jonathan Gannon over, it's going to be a lot of fun to see that. And, I mean, you you could see something like Hassan Reddick, where Hassan Reddick had a great season, and they'll, they'll rotate in these DNs, and Will Anderson should have a fantastic season. Yeah, it's it's an absolutely perfect fit. I hope it I hope this does happen. The Cardinals are in the right spot now uh to make this happen because now that the Bears have traded out all the way to 9, that kind of leaves Arizona with control of their own destiny in terms of getting the best non-quarterback player in this class. And so with the Jalen Carter news, obviously Will Anderson has kind of seized hold of that and like you just said, man, Jonathan Gannon doesn't have a lot of fans, especially in Philadelphia. But what That's he did true. do for that defense, or at least played a part in, was making one of the best pass rush attacks in all of football. I mean, the best pass rush attack in all of football with numerous players. Uh, guys like Hassan Reddick, who you know kind of revitalized his career in Carolina and came over to Philadelphia and and got even better there. Yeah. So, yeah. Guy like Will Anderson, I think, is in for some huge numbers in Arizona. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, there there were questions, like you said, well, might they go Jalen Carter? But now, obviously, that's not on the board. And then we've been seeing maybe Tyree Wilson this early, but. Tyree Wilson we both agree is kind of a project guy he needs some work he's not very polished I think Will Anderson is one of the best players on the board period so yeah I I won't be surprised if Tyree Wilson goes top five top six but he should not go above Will Anderson which is what I saw in a Daniel Jeremiah mock it might have even been no, it couldn't have been this mock. Steve it could, he could three. not have gone so, to. Yeah. yeah, he's been pumping out a lot of mocks this year. Yeah. I'm getting confused. So you um, don't think the Cardinals should go quarterback? Absolutely not. Get out of here with that. Don't I've, even, I've heard it. I've heard it. Don't even serve that to me right now. Okay. I am more. I am still grieving the loss of Kyler Murray. R.I.P. I'm, I'm just aggregating uh, negative news. We can do our draft therapy mid pod we can switch yeah 
We're, yeah, there's going to be some therapy after all if we start talking about Kyler. Oh, boy. Hey, I have him in, in my other league that's a super flex league, so I, I understand. Broke my heart, too. And yet, here you are, talking yeah. about drafting a quarterback. All right. Uh, we're back to running backs. This is the last running back we're going to talk about, which might come with a separate conversation afterwards. But this is Devon A. Chain. Uh, in these two mocks, we had Reuter putting him at 60, second-round pick to Cincinnati, which we talked about as a potential running back destination on our landing spot show, and that has only increased in likelihood since we talked about it. Yep. And then – Trevor Sigma, if you know anything about him, had him had a chain going to his Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the third round uh, at pick 82. Yeah, so I don't know who this Reuter guy is. <laughs> he's, putting... a, he's like a legacy draft guy, man. That's what I'm saying. I can't believe he's still hanging around. I just I don't understand how you take <laughs> Devon a chain off the board before Jameer Gibbs. He right. has well, he has Charbonnet going at fifty four, A chain going six picks later to the Bengals at sixty, and then Gibbs going three picks later at to the Chiefs at sixty three. It does not make sense to me. Uh, and the Buccaneers, like I said, I want them to get a running back because they are going to be in a great spot. I mean, Rashad White, all power to him. He's solid, but I feel like if they get Probably a guy, they're going to get replaced. Yeah, can definitely take over. I mean, there's a reason that Lombardi Lenny was playing so much. Yeah, I, I, you can't go wrong with either of these. I mean, I'm still rooting for Miami some way, somehow. But you know, I honestly, out of these, I would really like to see him in Cincinnati and yeah. get him in this high-powered offense, and you know, see what he can do there. Oh, I just wanted to mention with the Bengals landing spot that it'd be fun to see them be able to get big plays on the ground. Uh, that would be nice because I haven't we haven't seen that from the Bengals. They their run game is like pretty. It's been pretty plotty these last couple of years because Joe Mixon isn't exactly a huge big play threat. You know, uh, it might have used to have been, but it seems like lately it's not as common. So that would be that'd be pretty fun. I, I was be. gonna pick the Bengals because I didn't make a pick. I, I oh yeah, I yelled at you, you before with right. jordan addison so i figured i'd say the Bengals. i appreciate that and i if it wasn't known i'm picking the Bengals as well so the reason that i think we need to have a conversation though here is because i'm not we're not going to talk about another running back but another running back did go in the first round of our community mock draft and that player has a special place in my heart if you've been listening to camp dynasty you understand that this is a pro Zach Evans show, but Zach Evans has seemingly dis. Well, okay, it's one half of a Zach pro Zach Evans show at least. But Zach Evans has kind of disappeared off the face of the planet lately, and now we're seeing situations here where even three round mock drafts, which both of these were, he he did go in one of the two, but that means he was a day three pick in one of these two mock drafts. So, I mean, where, where, just give me a quick elevator pitch where you are on Zach Evans these days. Yeah. I, I think Zach Evans is a fun highlight reel player. And I think people turn on the Ole Miss film and they see 
one guy outperforming another guy and it, it makes a, leaves a little sour taste in his mouth but I've said it once I'll say it again just because Quinshawn Judkins is really good doesn't make Zach Evans bad they can both be good and if you want a guy that's going to run through somebody's face I think Zach Evans is a great pick I think he's the best power runner in the class and I I mean if that's what you're looking for a guy that to run between the tackles and hit a hole hard and maybe not hit a hole hard then that that's that's the player you're looking for so I I think he should go in the first three rounds but I'm not super surprised that he's not because there are some I mean pretty glaring issues when you watch the tape best power runner not named named. Bijan and <laughs> he's the second best power runner named Zach in this class. <laughs> you think? Well, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Zach Charbonnet. I know. He, I know Charbonnet was putting people on skates this year. But I know. That 2021 that's, film still lives in my brain. Yeah, that's still stuck in my head. The the sweet feet that Zach Charbonnet yeah. has developed, but. <laughs> Complete, you're right. It's unbelievable, man. He he does. He, he is a better. No. Well, but you're. I yeah. I agree with your point. I mean, it's it's getting more and more interesting. This is sort of that situation that happens if you do stuff like this, where you are really honing in on guys early in the process, and suddenly you get to this point, and you don't really hear that name much anymore, and it kind of makes you question your own, you know beliefs and what, what what is wrong with me that I still think Zach Evans is a great player but I'm not ready to throw him out quite yet you know I'm trying to be hyperbolic and hype up Zach Evans and you're I you're get it cut man. him down I... you just cut him down right in front of <laughs> the, the general public you're like no this guy stinks what are you talking anybody about? listening to this podcast that heard you I'm just doing the lifting of our listeners because yeah, anybody listening to you say that is screaming right now through at the headphones like what are you what are you talking about B sharp Robinson's in this class Zach Charbonnet Jesus, man. I don't know, man. I saw some things out of Zach Evans. Well, I saw him do a triple truck stick, but I don't hey, know. Just saying. First tight end, Michael Mayer. So this one's interesting because we have two landing spots that are the same. Right. And it's not like my favorite spot. It doesn't make <laughs> any sense, actually. So, all right. DJ has him going. 29 to the saints and then we have kuiper and kelly going 18 overall that is the detroit lions they just traded tj hawkinson right and they were fine with brock wright and brandon zilstra what are we doing why are we mocking the best tight end in the class to the lions like i mean i i get i get i get the idea yeah there's, you got two first-round picks. Okay, well, you don't have a tight end anymore because you just traded him. Okay, this one's on a rookie deal. You don't got to pay him like Hawkinson. But I still think at the end of the day, you just kind of pump both of these picks into the defense. Yeah. And kind of just roll with the offense that worked for you last year. I mean, I know they lost Jamal Williams. They lost DJ Chark. But – I don't know what this is like a proclaimed deep tight end class, right? Why are you spending 18 at a tight end when you just like, just went through, I know it wasn't the same front office 
So maybe that's it, part of the thinking as well as like new front office wants to get their own guys in the building. But I don't know. Michael Mayer to Tampa Bay just seems like a slam dunk. I'm just mocking everybody to Tampa, apparently. Yeah, you love Tampa, man. I love Tampa. Baker you know, Mayfield's Buccaneers. God, I love Baker. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, one thing I will say about Michael Mayer, that's a Dan Campbell player. That's true. That's a Dan Campbell player right there. Yes. So, I don't know. And then once but, they get Lamar in the building, no, they got to trade this pick to get Lamar. Never mind. I... Mm. The Lamar stuff's heating up again, though. I know. Mm, it's getting spicy. It is. Maybe we're actually going to see something. We won't. Yeah. I don't like the Saints, though. I think I'm going to have to say none on this one. I don't love that fit, really. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not – he's the opportunities there, sure, but I don't know. You just hate Derek Carr. Well, you do. I do. I just there's there's a lot of juicy tight end spots at the there end of the is, first round this like year, Tampa. and it's none of these teams. Right. So I, I'll take I'll say the Lions are my favorite of the two. I just don't think they would do it. Yeah. Zay Flowers is our next. Yes. Antonio camper. Brown. Antonio Brown Jr. Yes. Minus With, the red flags. Yeah. Minus the insanity now. and the CTE. Yep. So another interesting one because, <laughs> because we because we have two of the same landing spots for Zay. Uh, DJ and Danny Kelly have him going 21st to the LA Chargers. And then Kuiper has him going 22nd to the Ravens. Yes. Uh, the Chargers are perfect. They need yeah. speed terribly. And they have... They're possess- they I, I don't remember who coined it, but somebody said once down the line that you need to build your wide receiver room like you build a basketball team, and you need people to play at different positions. And they have Mike Williams, who's their rebounder, and they have Keenan Allen, who is their you know reliable scorer. And now you need somebody that's got a little juice. And I think Zay Flowers is that guy. So I think you, he's somebody that – can really go make a difference and stretch that field and allow Justin Herbert to really unleash the, the full potential of the cannon that he has. Yeah. We've seen a lot of Quentin Johnston to LA and we've seen even Jalen Hyatt in some cases to LA because we know that they need speed, but I think this is the perfect, this is the perfect player for them. I think I, this is, this would bring a new element to that offense. Definitely, it could be Justin Herbert's, you know, as Keenan Allen gets a little bit older, this can kind of turn into Justin Herbert's best friend. And I think that would be a really, really good relationship. And especially for our purposes in Dynasty and Fantasy, I think this would be just an absolute slam dunk. And I don't hate the Ravens either, but I, it's not, it's not like LA. That's, that's a great spot for him. Yeah. I mean, having Justin Herbert, and giving him the guy that could stretch the field that can also do a ton of other stuff yeah. is just really like titillating. That's nice. It is. I'm titillated by by the potential of that <laughs> happening. Uh, we got one quarterback to talk about. I, you know, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. We know these guys. We know what they can do. They're not really, you know guys that are going to jump off the fantasy screen 
maybe if they they're might. like the best quarterback in the league, like Pat Mahomes. But Anthony Richardson is the big appeal for fantasy players because of this uncanny, rare athletic ability and therefore rushing upside that we know that he has. And so I wanted to talk about him here because landing spot, I think, matters a lot more for him than it does for the other two for me. I don't really care where the other two go because whether it's Carolina, Houston, whatever, that's fine. Anthony Richardson, we have two landing spots to talk about here. One is the sort of new uh, leader in the clubhouse for him, which is the Colts. And in this case, it's either four or trading up to three to get him. The interesting one here is Kuyper, who's going to go out and say number five, Seattle picks Anthony Richardson. So common pick with the Colts or sneaky pick with the Seahawks? What do you like here? So I I like both of these. I like the Seahawks a little more because I think Richardson needs a year to – work under a guy like Gino. I feel like that's a perfect kind of bridge quarterback. And then you can bring him into the league. I think Pete Carroll's an excellent coach. I think they have an excellent staff there. Um, the Colts, on the other hand, is also very good. But I think there's going to be, like, rumblings midseason to get Anthony Richardson out there. And I just don't want him to be rushed. I don't want, like, he he needs some time. He needs to develop as a passer. We all know that. And uh, even though the Shane Steichen, Anthony Richardson fit in, in Indianapolis would be really nice after seeing how Jalen Hurts developed, we need to see him develop. And I, I just don't want him to get thrown to the wolves too early. He can't play. He cannot play his rookie year. Like it, yeah, I, I'm, I'm saying that right now. Like He needs a full year to sit. I mean, I it, absolutely 100%. I mean, Pat Mahomes sat for a year. I mean, so the, some of these guys just need that, and, and Richardson embodies that more than any player that we've seen recently. And so I love the Colts fit. I really do. I think that's a great place for him to grow up in the league and eventually, you know, if he if he can do the things and become the player we think he can be, he that would be a great spot for him. We need Gardner Minshew mania for a full yeah, year of that. Exactly. <laughs> we can't see him play. Yeah, I was gonna say it'd be if uh he can like grow and really get some time and energy spent on him as a backup in Indianapolis, how fun would it be to get Anthony Richardson v Trevor Lawrence twice a year? And then Ooh. also like Anthony Richardson v CJ Stroud Houston. twice a year or or Bryce Young, whoever goes to Houston. I, I just feel like that'd be a blast. Man, that that assuming that the Colts are gonna take a quarterback in the draft, which yeah. seems very likely at this point. Those three teams. We got this AFC South that has been sort of like plagued since Andrew Luck left and Deshaun Watson obviously left as well. Since all of that happened, I mean, it's been kind of a wasteland. And then suddenly mm-hmm. you'd see, you know, potential MVP and Trevor Lawrence and then two top five. Yeah, I said it. That's right. <laughs> all right. Look out. Put right. put your money where your mouth is. I'll, I'll wait for some futures odds to come out for 2023. <laughs> but, yeah, to put two top five picks as well into that division, that'd be And then Malik Willis. 
And yeah, and then the Titans just need to figure it out a little bit. Yeah, they uh, do. <laughs> I don't know. Poor Traylon. God. Oh, uh, man. I'm not out on Malik yet, but uh, oh. that was a guy that did need a year, and he it played as a rookie at, a little bit, least. and we saw why he needed a year. So yeah, yeah, needed at least a year. <laughs> yeah. All right, we have two names left. First of those is Jalen Hyatt, and I included him here because. It's been a little bit of a roller coaster with the Hyatt hype. We here at Camp Dynasty have been pretty lukewarm on him for the most part. I still think he's a good NFL player when it's said and done. Fantasy-wise, I don't love him as much. And in this in this case, actually, it seems like maybe his first-round buzz is starting to fade a little bit. Um, I mentioned we've seen him as high as 21 to the Chargers. Well, in this case, only one of these three mocks had him going in the first round. That was Danny Kelly putting him at 27 to the Bills. So another Bills wide receiver landing spot here. Um, And then just for the sake of it, I included the other two mocks that we've referenced for the running backs. Chad Reuter did have him in the first round as well. It was a trade-up from Kansas City up to 22 with the Ravens to take him. Reuter's just off the wire with the fucking Chiefs no. in this one. I don't, I don't know what he's doing. but uh, And then Trevor Sikama had him as a second-round pick to the Chargers of all teams, but in the second round. So um, I want to talk mostly about his first-round prospects and you know the potential that he has there and then what you think about the Bills spot. Yeah, I'm I'm looking up to see if Marquez Valdez Scantling is still on the Chiefs. Yeah, they just paid him. They just paid him. Yeah, I was just you know double checking because I don't know why in the world you would trade up for Jalen Hyatt when you already have a guy that can run fast. Yeah, you know maybe the next time we don't need to talk about Chad Reuter's mock drafts. Maybe (laughs) he's he's retired himself from the program. Who vetted this? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) The Bills. I don't know why we're taken wide receiver you got you did you need a db pretty bad you need offensive lineman pretty bad and you need a running back pretty bad so there's no sense to taking like it's a sexy pick it's a fun pick it's like oh josh allen throws goes deep to no it's fine they got gabe davis does this like once every three games where he breaks the you know the the defense and gets behind them and you know well another guy will do it it's fine they got it by committee they're deep threat by committee. They don't need Jalen Hyatt. Uh, the Chargers would be great. I mean, if they can get him at 53, it, it basically fills about one half of what Zay Flowers is. Um, but, yeah, I think Jalen Hyatt's pretty one-dimensional. Um, he tweeted that he's not. I, I don't know if you saw that. He's like, hey, I'm really good. Like, yeah, you're supposed to say that. But yeah. we, everybody saw you wide open all the time, and we think there's a reason for that. And it's not because you're running great routes. It's scheme, and I will hold firm with that. I don't love him as an NFL player, and when he's getting 1,400 yards a year, we can rub this back in my face. Yeah, we'll run it back, but yeah. I, I don't think he will. I, we, we've, we've talked about him, and we will talk about him again when we talk about wide receivers next time. But, yeah, I, I, I feel a lot more comfortable with Jalen Hyatt in this sort of a situation where he's not a first round pick, I think in the second round, he mm-hmm. becomes kind of the player that we think he is yes. where he's not going to have round one dynasty ADP. And that's good. Um, and yeah, the bills, man, it's not, 
it's just not going to happen. Like if, no. if Bijan doesn't fall, which I don't think he will, they're not taking a pick. They're they're going to take offensive line, or they're going to take DB, or th- they have so many needs right now that align perfectly with the value that's yeah. going to be available at twenty seven. I just can't Wright, see them doing this. Darnell Wright out of Tennessee to the Bills at twenty seven is perfect. Man, any of those if any of those tackles that we've seen kind of mid first, late first fall yeah. to twenty seven, that's an absolute run the card up type of a pick. 100%. I mean, you could, yeah, you could see guard go there. Osiris Torrance Osiris, is in that range. Yeah. John Michael Schmitz, man, we might even yeah. see a center in the first round. So it, it all, it's, it's, it'll be the not sexy thing. People want to get into this Bills offense, but I don't think that's going to happen. I like the little flex that you've been doing your homework on interior offensive linemen. Well, I, you know, I'm obsessed with the draft. So I, yeah. I now I'm at the we we're on the one month to go to the draft, and this is usually the point of the process where I'm so full of draft content that it makes me sick to hear names. <laughs> so it's good that I have a podcast now to talk about that yeah, for seriously. every single week. No, um, all right, we have one name left. Uh, that's Dalton Kincaid, second tight end. Uh, and in some cases, not the second tight end taken in the NFL draft. Uh, we know Daniel Jeremiah loves this kid, and a lot of people have sort of followed in the wake of Daniel Jeremiah being very high on him, having him as a borderline top 10 talent in the entire class. Um, and so it's no surprise then that DJ has him the highest at 16th to the commanders. That's an, that's an interesting tight end spot that I have not seen. Um, Kuiper has him going 21 to the chargers. So another receiving weapon drafted there. Uh, and then Daniel Kelly has him going as the Dalton Schultz replacement at 26. I love that. I love the, the Cowboys landing spot. I think they, they don't really have a tight end there. I mean, it's like, unless you like Jake Ferguson, Jake Ferguson or something bell, I think (laughs) over there. (laughs) So I, I I do really like that. I think it's a very Cowboys kind of pick where they go and they're like, hey, we have a need. We let them go. We replace them. You know, it just feels like that. Like we talked about Bijan. Uh, they lost Zeke. Bring in the successor. We'll, we'll draft him. So I, I could very much see them going Kincaid, and I think it would be a fantastic spot. It would be the wide receiver two there, honestly, probably behind CD. I mean, Michael Gallup is not what it used to be. And so I, I just feel like that would be a, a great, a great spot that fills a need for them. Yeah. Why wide receiver has been a pick there occasionally. And then there's the whole Bijan stuff. It seems like maybe an offensive investment is what we think they're going to do. And why not? You know, they let Kincaid, they let, uh, this is Kincaid. They let Dalton Schultz yes, go. The other, which Dalton. we both thought was a little bit surprising. Uh, mostly just based on how cold the market was around his name. But um, this is a natural replacement, a player that is very similar to Dalton Schultz in a lot of ways. So Probably be um, called Dalton Schultz a few times on the broadcast. Yeah. Just by accident. (laughs) Right. Dalton Dalton. Kincaid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The commanders, I I mean, that's I got to just reference this because I've not seen this yet. I don't don't think they – would do this no, but i don't hate it I, well yeah yeah but i feel like that's just 
it works out. It's the right spot. They, they need a dynamic running back. They want to run the ball. They got an old school offense. I, I just feel like it makes sense. Can't take. They truly Dalton are a wild Kincaid. card, man. When they take, you know, Jamin Davis and whoever else, and <laughs> I, I don't know. You I never know what they're like going to do. Every first round pick on their front seven in the past like twelve years. Except for Jahan Dotson, who was also a shocking pick at, yeah. at the spot that they took him. Oh, so, I see. So they're no. going to take Jalen Hyatt well, at okay. 16. Nah, I don't want to hear that. But. <laughs> uh, that is, that's it. That's all we have. So, f- yeah, it's we're one month away from the draft. So it's now getting more and more real that these campers that we have watched and you know, followed along with for months and months and months and months, they're going to be NFL players pretty soon. They are no, it's no longer going to be, you know, Zach Charbonnet, the great running back prospect. It's going to be Zach Charbonnet running back of the Chicago bears. So, you know, it's, it's going to be fun. And like I said, you know, last week, we are going to be straight up NFL draft content from here on out. Obviously, like we did this week, we're going to tie it in with the players that we are mostly concerned about from a dynasty perspective, but it's going to be a lot of celebrating the, the event that is one month away because it is one of the best nights and weekends of the entire year. So I'm going to try not to lie again. <laughs> I think this one's pretty safe next week. We're going to be dialing in even deeper on just the NFL draft and what we're expecting with some bold NFL draft predictions. Some might even call them takes and they will be of various levels of heat. So we might even have some hot takes to unleash. I, I hope so. I, I haven't had a hot take in a while, I feel like. I feel like it's all... <laughs> we keep like, it pretty I, clean around here. It, it felt it, like, I'll say something, it feels hot at the time. Like, oh, it's Ash Charbonnet, RB3, and then it's like everybody has him as their RB3. Maybe we're it's just... It's a curse of being so smart, you know? Yeah, ahead just, of the curve. Uh, yeah. So our hot takes just end up becoming true. So unfortunately, to, next week, uh, you'll be hearing a bunch of facts about the NFL draft and... It, it probably won't feel so great. So make sure you listen to it right away. Right. Before it all becomes consensus. Yes. Yeah. Get ahead of it. Find out what is to come in the weeks leading up to the draft. And to do that, listen in next week and every week at Camp Dynasty. We are available anywhere you get your podcast. But you know that because you're listening to this wherever you get your podcast. So. In that case, leave us a rating, a, a, a review if you're feeling especially generous, even if you'd like to just swear at us. we That is totally acceptable. I want so, that. Maybe even encouraged at this you, point. You can follow us also on all the, all the, the podcasting apps. That apparently yep. helps the statistics. Yeah, follow, turn on notifications, whatever you got to do to stay ahead. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at camp underscore dynasty and TikTok at camp dot dynasty. And you're going to want to do all of that because it's draft month and you're going to want to stay dialed in and you're going to turn into me. You're going to turn into a mushroom person like in the last of us from consuming so much draft content that by April 27th, you will feel like a zombie. 
Yes, you'll be rabid. You'll be looking to <laughs> insert your takes into other people's brains and make them yeah. zombies too. Yeah, we're we're just here to infect people with our takes. That's, that's what this thing's all about. That's all I need. <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully you do. You come back after that. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by Camp Dynasty this week. See you next week. <laughs>